Hi, I'm Margie. Hi, I'm Michelle. Welcome to God in the Real World. Avatar, may her baba ki jay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to God in the Real World. I am uh, Michelle, and I'm joined here by my beautiful co-host, Margie. Um, and we're really excited to be <laughs> we're excited to be back. It's been a minute. Um, and um, Margie is going to introduce our very special guest that we have on the podcast, and we're excited to dive into some conversation with, with her. Yeah, so today we have joining us Elisa, which I'm always, I always say your last name wrong. It's Genovese or Genovese? Genovese. Genovese. Okay, because some people say it differently. I want to make sure I get it right. But we have Thank the beautiful you. Elisa Genovese, and she's going to tell us a little bit about how she came to Baba, just a short blurb. And then we're really going to get into a conversation which Michelle, her, and myself are super passionate about, which is the connection of intergenerational groups in the Baba world. So Elisa, can you introduce yourself? Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here talking to both of you. I mean, as Margie said, this is a passion of mine. It's just the interest um, in hearing about the younger generation and how you all, your relationship to Baba. I, I love, I'm a fan of the podcast and I've been listening to it because it just gives me such a glimpse into the world of the younger generation and, and how Baba's work goes on in the world. So I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I am a, you know, in, I'm of the older generation, but I'm kind of the tail end. So I'm sort of in what I call sort of no man's land at the Baba <laughs> group, um, because I'm too young to be have gotten uh, to have a, a lot of the same experiences that a lot of the older people had. Um, and I'm too old to have gotten to be part of the youth Sahavas generation. So there's a group of us, small group of us that are in the between the tweeners. We're the tweeners of the, the Baba world. <laughs> so in that sense, um, we, you know, we do get to have that ability to connect, I think, with the younger generations. So I feel very blessed to be part of it now. But for a long time in my relationship with Baba, I felt like I was in, in between worlds. Um, but I found out about Baba when I was uh, 19 years old. So I was quite young and um, I didn't even really realize I was seeking. I, I was in college at Arizona State University, Margie. Um, I know, that's, that's my backyard. <laughs> I know. And I actually just to, to really, I mean, I had a, a, an incredible experience, which I look back now that Baba prepared me to sort of be receptive. But I met this man who asked me out on a date and we started dating and he was a zealot for Christ and really just like was on fire about Christ. And what he kept saying to me was, you know, Christ is going to come again and you're one of the people that will know about it. And I, you know, at the time, I didn't know anything. I, I was just like, you know, sounded good to me, you know, I, I, so, so then fast forward uh, about a year or two later, I met, uh, I was started to really seek, I was really seeking. And I was like looking to join different like groups, like to experience God, like the, uh, the um, Ekinkar, which was soul travel and you get to experience God. I started to get like this on fire thing. And then I met this man who lived in the same apartment complex when I moved to, I transferred to UC Santa Barbara. And I met this man named Elias Hanna, who uh, subsequently, you know, he, he was a spirit, he was a Baba lover. And he, you know, he started telling me when I was telling him I was going to join Ekinkar and all this stuff. And he was like, hold on, you know, and then he told me, um, he started telling me about Baba 
you know, and he told me that Baba was, um, you know, God in human form. And I remember he told me while I was looking at the, at the, the beloved, the book, the beloved. And I, and that like memory of that man, Stephen telling me that, and I just sort of knew, I just was like, yes, this is, this is God. But then I was like, well, where is he? And he said, oh, he left the body in 1969. And I was just like, I, I don't want to do another Christ on the cross. I'm, you know, I'm definitely want to can, have experiences of God, you know? And so he told me then, Elias told me about uh, Yogananda and the path of uh, self-realization fellowship. He said, if you want to meditate or do, this is what you should do, not Ekankar. So I wound up following, I always knew about Baba, but I wound up following Yogananda for seven years and like went deep into the meditation path and like went all the way to the top of their Kriya yoga. And, you know, and the whole time I always had Baba there on my altar and I read Baba books and, but I just, you know, didn't, wasn't ready for Baba. Baba wanted me to do that. And then anyway, fast forward again, and I was in graduate school and I was working in the consciousness studies office of my graduate school. And I met a man there who was working in the same office named Jim Tomlinson, who started asking me, he was a Baba lover. And he started saying, have you ever been to India? And, you know, and all of this. And like, I was like, no, I, I never, you, you haven't met the Mandali. You have to go to India. This was in 1986, 85. No, no, 80. I'm sure it was 1980, I think. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember the exact date, but anyway, he um, encouraged me. So I went to India and that's, so that was like my boyfriend and I, at the time we went to, we went traveling to India and I met the Mandali and then that was it. Once I met Erich and Mani, I just never looked back. So, and then when I got back from that trip, um, my boyfriend and I split up and I met Robert and that's what became, I married Robert and he's the father of my children. So that's it in a nutshell. There's a lot of intricacy in that story, but that's the basic timeline. And also for our listeners, who are your children? Because I would say that probably 90% of our listeners know your children. <laughs> my, my children are Josh and Monty Dreyfus and their yep. father was Robert Dreyfus who met Mayor Baba in 1969. So it, it was, a, you know, Baba led me deep into the path with him quickly once the time was right. So, and both of my children are Baba lovers. Beautiful. Well, thanks for giving us that. I know that was a very fast forwarded version of your story, but it gives us a little bit of background um, on you and who and you are. I was are just going to say too, we'll definitely have you back to do your full story too. So <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, lot of interesting twists <laughs> like I do, like, I'm like, I have so many things I want to ask. And I know that we're, we want to get some talk about intergenerational because the timing's right, but I'm excited to get to hear your story at another time too, in more depth. Okay. Yeah. It sounds share. very, it sounds very juicy. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, this kind of brainchild has been an accidental thing. I mean, Michelle works so much with kiddos specifically, you know, in a, in a high school and then I have sort of been a weird rainbow bridge myself in the Baba world between the younger and the older generation. And then Alisa, you've played a role very similar to that. Yeah. And so Alisa and I are preparing right now for the UK intergenerational Sahabas, which is kind of the first platform where this is the focus of a Sahaba. So that's taking place in, in London in uh, the end of September, beginning of October. And so Alisa and I have just had lots of conversation and, we just figured it would be a great thing to get on the podcast and talk about. And then also, of course, have Michelle bring her input 
especially around the young people. And she's so much involved with the Yuzahavas that I think the three of us have so many insights about maybe the perceptions of disconnection and then also how similar the generations really are. Yes. Um, I don't know, Michelle, what, you know, what is your experience of the perceptions of disconnection between the generations? Yes, um, it's a great question. I feel like I, this is actually work that I've been thinking about a lot recently um, and thinking about how, like I, I've talked about this for over the years, like I'm very involved with the youth Bahavis, um, but I didn't grow up in a Baba family. I didn't have that as part of like my life. And so thinking about like, how to relate to people of other generations like it wasn't just not something I was I wasn't around people like and all of that so I think a lot about like you know and I hear a lot I hear a lot of it more than live a lot of it I would say um in terms of the intergenerational stuff but I do feel like you know I've had lots of conversation with people probably I'm 30 so I've had lots of conversations with people probably 10 years older 10 years younger with me give or take around feeling like our generation isn't taken seriously or seen as valuable with the generations above us. Um, and so um, that can show up in like different things, like people being judgmental about like how you follow Baba and you didn't meet Baba. Um, you should be a certain way. Um, and so I think about that a lot um, and think about just like, how do we, as a society and how do we as like a Baba's like community grow in our understanding of each other cross generations and how loving Baba looks different on like generational scales as well. Yeah, beautiful. And then Elisa, I wanna ask you that same question because I feel like you have accidentally become this database of intergenerational information. Like Elisa just made this incredible outline based on meetings that we had for the intergenerational Sahaba. So I wanna ask you that question, Lisa, of like, how do you feel the disconnection or perceptions of disconnection show up? Well, it's, it's interesting. I think for me, I've always been sort of like perplexed by it because I have always kind of seen a lot of similarities. I mean, partially because I think I've raised you know, um, Bob, children who became Baba lovers and, you know, I've been around the young people. So like, and, but I just, you know, never could completely understand, you know, why the younger people, and I think this is a perception of the older generation, why the younger people don't seem to be interested in the, you know, the wisdom of the elders, so to speak. You know, it, it does seem like there's that feeling of like, God, we had all this experience with the Mondali and many of these people have met Baba and they're dying off and you're not, you know, wanting to hear um and so uh and so that i think has always been confusing to me but i feel like what i'm really coming to and seeing and even through this just working on this intergenerational sahabas is like that we have not had the we as an older generation have not had the opportunity to really hear and listen to the younger generation about what that's about like i think we go into sort of like resentment about it or you know don't understand it or just assuming that you know that, that I don't know that, that that I have never felt judgmental but I mean I think that some people older people might have you know feel judgmental in terms of like you're not doing it right you know as we have been trained by the Mondali kind of thing I mean you have to understand that a lot of uh, people in this generation myself included you know we kind of grew up with the Mondali I mean I met the Mondali when I was in my early 20s and I went to India every year for, you know, like 12 years. And so like, it was sort of like, I felt feel like they became really more my parents than my own parents. 
Um, so I think that, you know, and they were trained by Baba. So I think a lot of how we were sort of indoctrinated was to be looking toward the Mandali and toward the and toward Baba. And it seems to me like the younger generation, not having had that same experience with the Mandali, it's not like you haven't met the Mandali. A lot of you have, but um, you know, from a child's perspective, you didn't. Ha you know, you found connection with each other in different ways through the Yusahavas, through you know, through that bonding with each other. We didn't do that. You see, we were not. We didn't have that same kind of like love bond with each other that you guys have. And I kind of feel jealous of it a little bit in all honesty, but we were just so focused on the Mandali and every, you know, word that came out of their mouths, you know, that it was really, I think, just a very different way to enter. So I think my feeling now is that we do have to start really listening to what, you know, what your experience is because you have a lot to offer. Well, thank you for saying that, because I really think that, uh, I mean, kind of, Alisa, something I really appreciate about you and it's been so nice to work with you in these circles is that I think there's a lot in the Baba community of like dancing around what's happening. And the reality is there is a massive amount of disconnection. And I love how direct you are. Even in these meetings, we're doing this English Sahavas and they're, you know, we're like, okay, Americans tone down the, tone down the aggression. Let's Very confrontative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think it needs to happen on some level because there's going to be disconnection. And then, you know, talking about even the centers, if there's so much disconnection, the centers are going to dissolve, right? And there has to be room for the young people to come in and do it their own way. But without, we also, you know, I, I think Michelle and I can probably both agree with this. The young people tend to not want anything to do with the older generation, which I think is really robbing us of valuable opportunity. I mean, the Mondali were the closest connection to Baba in the body. Now that's right. not to say like, we don't have our internal connection with Baba in our own way. And I do think the Yusahavas especially has held this container of finding Baba inwardly and not having to talk about it as much. You know, you're the older generation. It was like, you know, we hear so many stories of all of you guys spending six months in India, six months in Myrtle Beach. And I really feel, especially I want to get Michelle's take on this, but I really feel that Baba is calling all of us out into the world. Even myself, who has really wanted to be in Myrtle Beach in India most of my life, I've felt that that's really not where my place is, is Baba sending his lovers out in the world and more away from Myrtle Beach in India. Would you kind of agree with that, Michelle? I feel like, yes, it's a yes and because everything's a yes and. <laughs> um, and I just have to say, it's funny. I just drove past somebody on the, like, who I haven't seen in years, who's a Baba lover, as I was driving through the streets of DC as I'm recording this podcast, which I just think Baba's oh my God. <laughs> in terms of bringing us all together. Um, and um, I think, like, it, yes, like, like, I definitely felt that in my life, like, the calling us, the calling me to like live my life from Baba in the world, right? And I talk to a lot of people and I think about that, that integration. And I think it, it actually makes sense when you think about like where we are now, right? Like we're, there's not Mondali to go visit and hear stories. There's not, um, uh, you know, not different ways that we're, like the places have not less meaning, but uh, less to do actively there, right? In terms of gaining knowledge. 
And I, so I do think like that calling us out is really important. And something that I think about a lot though, too, is how is that also related to maybe the places don't feel like our places, right? Or we haven't, like, I'm thinking, I, I think a lot about the like longevity of places like Nahar Center, for example, which like, I know Baba will work it out, but sometimes I'm like, are people, and, I, and I'm seeing it more like of our generation, like stepping into roles and stepping into places to kind of fill those spaces. Um, but I also think about how do we engage people of all ages and generations and bring them in. And I'm really involved with both the young adults to have us and the youth to have us um, at Mayor Center. And like kind of my dream is to have like, <laughs> like a young at heart to have us one day. I've, 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 uh, we've talked about over the years of like, having older generations come and those in younger generations are in service to them in those ways. In oh, that would habit. be like, awesome. How do we really bridge those, those, those gaps, you know? I and, love that. And I think it would take a lot on all sides, right? I think it, I think that there is some healing work and I see it in my job and with, you know, like I work at a school with from pre-K to 12th grade. I see the, like how even just in this kids, there's intergenerational conflict. And then you add into layers of like teachers and parents and grandparents and all of that. I think that there's just some healing work um, that's related to what's going on in the world and the state of the world today that I also think the Baba community is like a microcosm of as well. Um, but I think the biggest Absolutely. part is we talk about things, right? Like we have conversations, we create space for dialogue, we create space for mess, right? We create space for those resentments to come out and move through <laughs> um, because I think that those are really real you know? Right, right. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying, Michelle. I think there's so much truth to that. I, I, I really, I think that the, that there needs to be conversation, you know, like, like Margie was pointing out, like we're working on this intergenerational Sahavas and, and, you know, I, I am a really big believer. I mean, I'm a psychotherapist by profession and I've been doing it for many, many years. And I, I can say with that hundred percent confidence that it's always better to talk about what's hard before any kind of healing. You, it's necessary. It's not even better. It's necessary to talk about the stuff that is really hard to talk about before you can really get to any genuine healing or movement forward. And I feel like this kind of sense of the way, you know, we all have stories we tell ourselves. And so the stories are, that, you know, may be evolving here between the generations, I think until they're really named, like the elephant in the room kind of thing, you know, until they're really named, we, we can't really start to like, relax past them and, and really see that maybe we're not as different as we think we are, you know, that, that we've been like with Jeff Wolverton, we've been working too, and we've been looking at, you know, the different ways in which we are actually very similar in how we approach Baba, you know, like the different stages of life and how that those stages of life really inform how we evolve in our relationship with Baba. And like, maybe we're, you know, the older generation is a bit ahead of you all in the stages of life, and maybe the context with which we live is changed, but the issues in their very, you know, essence are very similar and how we grow with Baba maybe isn't so different. So I think like, you know, finding that we have similarities might also help this, you know, period of, of kind of reconnecting and bridging that transition, because I do feel, I mean, I just want to speak to for a second, the, um, the whole Baba calling us in the world. I mean, my own personal life, I, I wanted so much to, to go into the monastic life. Twice I tried and Baba shut the door both times. I never had interest in getting married and having kids. 
And that's what Baba had for me. And, and so, you know, my life took a different turn than what I, I was envisioning, but I felt like Baba really gave me a lot of internal experiences to confirm that this was what he wanted for me, but it was being in the world. And I think his whole message is learning to be in the world, but not of the world and really seeing that it's all him and that everything that we do is, is really for and in Baba. You know, we are swimming in Baba. There isn't that separation. And I feel like that's what he's come. His mission was really about that to find God within, listen to the voice of intuition. So this is really, I think, the times we're, we're living in, but it doesn't mean the centers aren't going to be valuable, but maybe you all are going to take the centers in a different direction than what we were envisioning about the centers or whatever. Baba will guide that, but you know, there's so much value in being able to gather together in his name. There's so much here that I just think is like so beautiful that what you've just said, but also like, I want to highlight that we all want the same thing, right? I do definitely. I mean, I, I think Elisa, you bring up a really good point of we have to name it. And there's no doubt that there is a massive disconnection um, between there. I mean, not all, you know, there are people who are connected. Like even Elisa, I was talking about, you know, with you and Jeff, Jeff was highlighting how, the older generation has to take a personal interest in the younger generation because that's really, you know, the Mondali took a personal interest in each of you. And that's what triggered you guys. Of course, you wanted to also hear their stories of Baba, but their personal interest in you opened that heart space. And then you wanted to know all of their stories, all of their times with Baba. And I think that there's some some of that that has to happen with the older to the younger generation because i can just say as someone who has kind of connected with the older generation more than i think most young people i've had older generation say to me like oh man i listen to your podcast and pretty much like i just thought you were a dumb stupid kid but you have some insight and what that does to me is like well i don't want to hear any of your any of your stories of the mondali and so that creates that disconnection and i think that like elisa the reason we have these conversations with you and Jeff, for example, is because you guys really have made an effort to be interested. And then naturally the young people are like, wow, this is a really loving, open-hearted person. I want to be, I want to, I want to, I want to emulate them. I want to, you know, shape my relationship with Baba, like in what they did, let me hear stories. And I think that that personal interest in each other creates that connection. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. And, you know, and I think this, the, the stuff between that, like, you know, like you were saying, they think, oh, you're a dumb, stupid kid. So you couldn't possibly know anything, you know, and then that shuts you down. But, but I think that some part of the older generation is feeling like confused as to why the younger generation wouldn't want to know. So there, so the, this, the stories that kept get kept us apart, but the, you know, there's so yeah. much richness that can be shared. So how do we begin to like create spaces where we listen to each other. And, and I want to be, I want to hear your Baba stories. I, I so love to hear how you all have found out Baba in your lives and how you, how you work with Baba in your day-to-day -day lives. Cause this is a very challenging world we live in now. You know, you guys have way more challenges that were different than what we had to deal with. So, you know, I think that as Jeff said, when we were talking to him yesterday, that um, Bill Page had asked Baba, you know, what would happen in the next 700 years? And Baba said, well, my mandali would all come again and be among you. 
So it's like you all are, you know, you, you may be young, but you're all really old souls in Baba. And, you know, we just have to really remember that and, and be curious and listen to your wisdom and trust that you will find your way to, you know, taking, taking this Baba's work in whatever direction he wishes for you. Yeah, I love like all of this, like what we're talking about. It makes me think of like, I was like writing down a couple of things that I was thinking about as we were talking. And I think at least you brought it up like around the recognition of all, like to be able to do this, this work of like bridging any gaps, but also just creating community, I think is even more so than bridging gaps. It's like, how do we create community with each other on an intergenerational mm -hmm. scale? It, it takes also recognition of the fact that we're all in different life stages for a yes. reason, right? Like, um, and so in that there's the recognition and of like, like for the younger generations to have really like find that respect for the older generations and where they are, right? And of the stories and, and of, the, of the hearing the stories, you know, like one of the things we love about the youth office is we always have somebody come share their stories, like um, like Wendy Connor frequently shares that we've had guests over the years who share their stories, and and those are their our biggest showings a lot of the time, right? Because we do really want to hear those stories, and then there need I think on the other hand the recognition and the openness to the younger ways of being and why loving Baba might look differently at a different life stage, right? Like it might, and I think that that takes this all like speaks to me around like inclusivity. Like how do we, how can we be really inclusive of everybody's experiences within, it's not like, you know, it's not like Baba has like a really firm set of like edicts that he like gave, right? Like we're not, it's not like, you know, I was raised Catholic. It's not like, you know, there are certain things like you gotta go to church on Sunday and you gotta do this. Like Baba does leave it more free. And so in every interpretation, how do we respect that? Um, even intergenerationally. Um, and then I think like really initiating these spaces and these conversations and being able to separate out when something's intergenerational and when it's maybe just you don't personality wise, you're having a snafu with a person. Because I see that a lot, too. I think a lot of the stories were based on like, you know, like I have a story of being on center and, and you know, I pulled out my phone to look at the time because I don't want to watch. And I a, a person in an older generation like snapped at me right? Like for having right. my phone out, you know, for a split second. And I was like, you know, so upset by that. <laughs> and, then, and, then the, yeah. and then the story became, oh, older people like hate younger people, right? In my mind. Right. And so right. how do we kind of recognize our stories um, are not always the reality or younger people don't want to listen because, you know, my mom and I get into this a lot because she'll, my mom loves to talk always about Baba and like all the stories, like all the time and everything comes back to Baba. And I think it's beautiful and it annoys the hell out of me sometimes. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I just want to tell you a story about how I was pissed at somebody at work. I don't want to hear about how the Mondelez youth get pissed at each other, right? Like, and I think then that translates to me, like older people just want to talk about Baba all the time and they're not grounded in the real world, right? And so like, how do we start to recognize that our story is like creates a bias and then the bias is what creates like the tension that there might be. Um, yeah. when actually like there's a lot of openness and a lot of like warmth and, and wanting to be inclusive with each other. Um, just, we've like maybe built up some stories over time and some, like, I have like jealousy that I never got to meet Mongoli. Right. <laughs> and I've, there's also like shame around it too. Like, oh, I'm never, or I'm never going to be good enough because I didn't. Right. And I think 
that's where like I have to do myself work, right? But I've done that only through conversations with people of different generations, but I came to that realization that that was kind of the icky feeling I was feeling in myself. And well, that was a lot, but those are kind of my thoughts. You know, that's so interesting, you know, because I think in some ways you guys are kind of like a a, a changing generation, you know, like because you, you are close enough to the Mondali, your parents, or you know of those that knew the Mondali and you didn't get to meet them. So that interesting that you said that about shame, you know, but when you think about like how close we all are, I mean, you know, just that we know of those who knew the, you know, I mean, this is still such early times and we're so close in the inner circles that these differences are so like, like hair breath, you know, like mm -hmm. that as, as, as spiritually evolved beings, we're so close. We're so blessed to be in this orbit, you know, that, that when I think about maybe one or two generations down the line, how this will just kind of be a passing thing, you know, that, mm. you know, that the stories of the Mandali will be there in books and, and, but really the real work is going to be in finding Baba within ourselves and the Mandali were just sort of their life, you know, just like the apostles of Christ, their lives, we don't really even remember that much about their lives, but what they stood for was, you know, really important. Eventually the focus is just on the avatar, you know, they're just kind of like, little you know flies they fly around the avatar really he's the king right so i mean in so many ways that's just so interesting and the way i think to bridge that is we just have to start hearing like me even hearing you say that it makes me want to just like dive into that conversation with you about it you know so i i think that we just have not had the benefit of really listening to each other so i think we have to really create ways that we could we could do that more because I think we would all be surprised and moved if we could get past yeah. some of our stories. And yeah, I think that, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. That's what I was just going to say. No, I think that's a beautiful point because there have been, you know, uh, over this past New Year's, there was an intergenerational conversation, but it got very combative. It was, I mean, Myrtle Beach, I will say is a combative place. I'll lay it out there. But Something that I will say about the center is the center is a life. It's like it has a life of its own and it's also aged. You know, if you look at the times, I obviously wasn't there, but I know so many stories and growing up in Myrtle Beach and working on the center, I've heard from Jeff firsthand and, you know, everyone who lived there, how different the center was in the in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah, of course, Katie and Elizabeth ran a tight ship, but it was full of life. You know, Fred and Ella were there. They were greeting people at the gateway. And it was made for young people, right? You guys were all talking, Elisa, your generation and above, you guys were in your 20s and 30s and you needed that life. And so I think just naturally, because all of you have aged, the center has become more of a place made for retirement. You know, it's like, okay, there's tea, there's no plays anymore. There's no like big community events like there used to be. And I know they do have like the young adults have us. And especially I think with buzz on the board, the energy is shifting, but there has to be recognition that the center, and I'm speaking specifically in Myrtle Beach. I think India is its own animal. It's kind of always the same and it's really run by the Indians um, and their, you know, their cultural, you know, expectations or whatnot, but the center needs to be not set up for the older generation in order to welcome the younger generation. Like we want life, you know, we want community spaces. We want 
that time, like the thing about the Yuzahavas that brings so many people to Baba is that there's freedom and there's expression and there's time and opportunity to connect and have lots of vibrancy. When most people who live in Myrtle Beach, you know, they're older, they're not going to go have a dance party or they're not going to go and, you know, put on a play anymore just because they're at that age. But for us, like going and watching a fuzzy movie on a Friday night is not stimulating enough for us to be like, okay, I want to make a trip to Myrtle Beach to do this. Right. Yes. I totally get that. So then what would it take to, I mean, why then do you all feel that you couldn't step up and offer to do that at the center? Like you, we want to do a play or we want to, you know, get on the program. I mean, does it feel like you feel restricted? Like when you say freedom, Margie, I'm just wondering what that means. Like, do you feel like you're not allowed to do that or, or I don't know what, what is the vibe? I have some thoughts on it, Margie. Yeah, go for it, Michelle. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, I feel like part of it is (laughs) it's a double-edged sword of the fact that, like, it's time. Like, you think part of it is time, like, having, like, and and being, you know, out in the world and, like, super engaged in, like, work or life or things like that. Like, it's very full of movement and time feels hard to create that time and space. Um, what I would say, like, it's doing this podcast has changed for me a lot of things because I feel like I actually, people want to hear what I want to say. I don't always feel like that was the case when I would go to the center. Um, and like that I, as a younger person who didn't know Baba, who actually didn't even grow up in a Baba family, like, you know, I didn't come to Baba till I was, you know, 15. Um, I didn't feel like you know, my story or my voice had value, you know, I felt like I was always just, you know, like listening. Um, And I think that doing this podcast has changed a lot for me because I think a lot of young people feel that way. Um, And hearing people's stories, like everybody's story is amazing, Mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, if they had met Baba or met the Mondelez or whatever, like we all know Baba, you know, Baba has come to all of us in a certain way. And so being able to like recognize that about myself I think has made me like more willing and wanting to do these things and I think it's hard to create the space and time for that um and it's hard when like there's not like a huge contingent of like younger people who like live close to Myrtle Beach so I think we found other ways to do it like the this one of the things that Margie and I wanted to do when we start the podcast was get people who represented all the different ages and to be able to have conversations about it. Um, yeah. But I, there was one more thing I wanted to say that I think we limit ourselves. And I think this is a societal thing. Um, not just like a, like a, a Baba community thing. We limit ourselves in believing that like we can't have a dance party with an all generations and then the next night followed by everybody sitting and watching a movie. And I think that that's one of the things that's always a struggle, like with the youth to have us and like thinking about like, if we were to expand it out, I think that, you know, there have been the youth to have us a space to like comments over the years or things like that, that it's too free, you know, that it's too open, that like kids are running amok, you know, mm-hmm. my experience of it is never that, um, has never been that. And I think it creates the environment, like it's how I came to Baba. Um, and I came to Baba because there was no pressure to come to Baba uh, at the Yusahavas. And I think that was what I needed. Um, 
but I think that I, my dream is to have a space where we, and just, it just hasn't been time yet uh, for me to like move it forward of like bringing everybody together. We're having those conversations during the day, but like one night we're doing skip and we're having fun. Like even with the young adults to have us, we were like, should we do any of this like fun, you know, like skip stuff. It was even harder with that older, <laughs> younger generation, you know, people in their twenties to forties, because we limit ourselves on like what we think is expected based on how old we are, you know, or, or where we are in life. And I think that there's a lot of growth that I think we can do there and we can model it as a Baba community for the world. I think that's yeah. such an incredible point. But I also want to point out that, you know, talking about the different seasons of life, you know, for, I know, Elisa, you still work and you have a practice, but a lot of people, especially who live in Myrtle Beach are retired. And so they do have the opportunity to sit around and think about Baba all day or like sit in meditation. And we don't have that. Right. And so we often will feel a pressure of like, oh, well, my whole life doesn't quote unquote look like it's devoted to Baba. And so it doesn't feel as good as what the older generation are doing. And the older generation, I think have lost touch with some of what youth brings, which is constant movement. I mean, even like Michelle and I, the amount of times that her and I have done podcasts, like when we're in a car or in an airport or like doing something like that. Um, and also I think one of the most, we had a meeting yesterday, Elisa, Jeff Wolverton and I, and then a couple others talking about, you know, what's keeping the physical centers from thriving. And we have to address the fact that social anxiety in the world is such an issue that's going to bleed into the Baba world. Like I know so many people in the Baba community who struggle with social anxiety and that's the reason they don't go to the center. And so branching out to that technology, you know, connecting through the podcast or connecting through Zooms already creates that sense of community so that you do want to go to the center and connect to people. Yeah, that's what Akshay was talking about. And I, I think that's, you know, the context you guys live in a much more digital world than we ever did. So I do think finding the ways, but, but you are going to have to, you know, get past some of those limits that you have self-imposed upon you. Like, like what Michelle was saying, we limit ourselves in that we can't have a dance party or we can't do these things that you can't come to the center and say, Hey, I want to do a program. I'd like to, I think I was just having this vision of you guys, like young people coming to the center and, and, you know, doing something at the, in the library program, you know, of just like telling your story or telling how you find Baba in your lives. And I think if you just took some risks that you, you would find that people would be very interested. But I think that there's, there's a question about why they're not stepping up. Like, so it's, it's kind of like you have to find it in yourselves to say, let's just do this. Let's, let's bring this forward because like your podcast, it's like you're bringing things forward that I think people really want to hear. You know, and I've told your podcast, told about your podcast to a number of people. And so I think it's important that you do it in whatever way you're comfortable, but do do it. And, you know, and just, you know, go for what feels right inside. And, and I just want to say a couple of things, because I know we're going to probably be having to end soon. But just to, I, I've noticed in listening to you guys, a couple of stories, as we're talking about the whole story thing, that that probably aren't very true. Like, for example, that. Baba people, you know, the older generation sits around and meditates all day and thinks about Baba. I can tell you 100% that's not true. You know, we are also very caught up in the world and busy and life, you know, and the stage of life we're in is, is, you know, aging, health issues, retirement. I mean, these are all things that are 
very worldly and time consuming and, you know, people losing friends, people who are dying. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, drama continues. That's all I'm going to say. It just takes many different forms. So don't feel like your relationship is less than because you're not, you're busy and you're not having the time to think about Baba. I am in also don't have the time that I would love to be able to sit around and think about Baba. So that's one thing I want to say. And the second thing is, you know, I, we were, those of us who met the Mandali, you know, the Mandali were not, I mean, they were loving and wonderful and curious and accepting about us, but they were also very hard. And, you know, we were told many, many times, you know, like that, I mean, spiritual training happened and spiritual training with Baba happens, whether you're in the world, whether you're with the Mandali, whether you're in an ashram, I mean, you know, and, and we were told, you know, there was a lot of things we did wrong and they weren't, you know, we weren't seeming like we could ever be good enough, you know, so we went through that, you know, it wasn't like we were exempt from that. We just had different ways. I mean, we all have to go through these things in, in you know, that's all part of our growth and our evolution and whatever ways that that happens, Baba, you know, creates for us. We all go through those, those times of feeling like inadequate or we're not good enough or we don't, you know, we haven't done it right. And so we weren't exempt from that. I'll tell you that, you know, and it was actually even harder when it was the Mandali. You know, I mean, it would just the levels of shame were like off the charts if you felt like you did something that was like, you know, upsetting to the Mandali, you know. So um, I just want to say that maybe we're not so different in that way. What you just I said makes me so happy. Sorry, go ahead. You go ahead, Michelle. No, no, go ahead. No, just what you said makes me so happy because even from this conversation, if one person listens to this and takes away you know, Michelle and I rewriting a story about young people or a young person having a story rewritten because of what you just shared, like this podcast is a success. You know, I think that the need for these conversations and it's just going to keep unfolding because I feel like I've already learned so much more about the older generation and their relationship with Baba. And I mean, I think I can speak for you, Elisa, that you've probably taken away so much about the younger generation's relationship with Baba. Yes, so much. (laughs) And that that one of the things that I was just going to say too, is like, we actually are doing it. You know, that was the other thing too, Mm. to give ourselves some space and grace. Cause I think some, so often what happens in this conversation is we start to get anxious about like, or not anxious, but uh, it it creates a lot of movement. Um, And so sometimes for me, I get like more, it's more, I guess, agitated. I'm like, ah, what do we do? What do we do? Um, And then it's like, Oh shoot, we actually are doing it. Like having these conversations, like, there are tons of young people who are volunteering in Baba spaces too. And sure, maybe it's not as many as, as we would like, or it doesn't match, you know, it's not equal levels, but it's, we are doing it. And I think that aspect too, of like, we can remember and give ourselves some um, appreciation and some grace for the fact that we are doing it. We are growing in those ways. We are creating those spaces for people to come together. And there is certainly more to come as well. I think that's so, I mean, even just to shout out some of like the changes that have been made, you know, you look at the LA center and they thought the LA center was going to be gone. And now you have, you know, the younger people coming in and taking it on, or, you know, they started a social media team, which, um, Elisa's daughter, Monty and myself are on and it's, or Robbie and I just did the social media for the Oklahoma center. And then Elisa is of course a part of that. And so 
it's, it's changing. And maybe this conversation, even the story of this conversation is an old story or becoming an old story that we're holding on to and even need to get rid of that. Yes, I agree with that 100%. I think we need to be open-minded because we don't know. The older generation, nor does the younger generation, know what Baba has in store next. And we all have to just be open and listen and listen to our intuition because Baba will guide us. And, you know, and one thing that, that um, I just came to when I was at the Mehrana Sahavis um, with uh, the twins were there and, they, you know, Baba's nephews. And it was just like so wonderful to hear those stories of people who lived with around Baba, you know, but Billy Goodrum was the mute musician. And one of the things he said in just like he was talking about, you know, just in, in his act. And he mentioned how, like when he first came to Baba, how it was like, well, what do you do? How do you follow Baba? What's, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no like, what's the story here, you know? And, um, and so when we were just talking about that with Margie and Jeff and I, I came to this, I, this thing, like this realization inside of like, that Baba didn't give us any routines and rituals because he didn't really want a religion to form. And, you know, and he, and so following Baba is difficult, but really what it is, is he, he's not going to make it this into a religion. You know, Baba didn't want it to be in religion, but what it is, is it, it, it becomes more authentic. Yes, it calls on each one of us to develop that internal relationship and share it with each other. Because Baba said his work would continue through the internal links of his lovers. So maybe that is the path ahead. And we are, have to figure it out, right? We, we, we're just learning as we go along. You know, we're all flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no right and wrong way. Yeah. So beautifully said. I think we need to have a part two, but even as my mind is spinning, I think we need to get Jeff on here and do, you know, my, myself, Michelle, you, Elisa, and Jeff oh, and expand this so. conversation even further onto that. Cause Jeff represents a whole other generation who was really hands-on in Myrtle beach and has watched that, you know, the, the different waves of what that's looked like. And he's been a real bridge yeah. for the young people from the beginning, you know, in Myrtle, Myrtle beach. So yeah, I think his, uh, his perspective and his, his uh, wisdom would be wonderful to add to this conversation. Yeah. Well, um, Elisa, thank you so much for joining us. Now, I didn't tell you this Seriously, on purpose, but Mich <laughs> Michelle asks every one of our guests a surprise question because we like it to be off the cuff. So I'm going to hand it over to Michelle to ask you. <laughs> okay. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not. It, it it doesn't have to be hard because I always say like let Baba answer it for you. Okay. Um, but my question for you is, um, what is your message of hope for the world or for anybody listening? Like, what is um, something you want people to take with them that will help inspire hope? Well, the first thing that comes to me is just is to begin to recognize that a lot of what we tell ourselves are just stories. And that if we mm -hmm. could just be curious enough to recognize the voices that are telling us things and, and be willing and, and have the courage to think that something else could also be true. That would, I think, soften so much of the diversity and the, the, you know, the, the polarizations that we feel in this world is that we just have curiosity and, and softness even within ourselves. So beautifully said. Thank you. You have been, this Thank has been you. such a good yeah. conversation. Yay. Well, I'm so happy to be here. I look forward to more. Yeah. Um, so Elisa, we, 
<laughs> we also we have the Yusahavas coming up too, which Michelle is a front runner of. And so we'll probably have more conversation post Yusahavas even on this topic. Cause I can say probably Michelle can attest to this too, but every time I'm around the young people, I feel like a spiritual preschooler around those mm. teenagers who are mm. coming to Baba. It's like it, you know, it it just feels like a whole other level of being integrated into this and creating even a bigger conversation. Right. Don't be fooled. Some of these young people could be older souls than you are. So, you know, we, we don't Truly, know, you know, we are. have no idea who these people are, you know? So Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so Elisa, we close every episode out with um, the beloved God prayer. So yeah. would you be willing to close this out and then just finish with an avatar, Mayor Baba Kijay? Sure. Absolutely. And then just one thing I just want to say really quick is maybe at the use of it would be so great to maybe have some of these conversations, you know, about what the perceptions are, you know, so you can just start hearing what people's perceptions are of the generational thing, you know, oh, yeah, just keep this really conversation cool, going, you know, so, yeah, um, I love okay, that. let me know when to begin. Go right ahead. Okay. Beloved God, help us all to love you more and more and more and more and still yet more till we become worthy of union with you and help us all to hold fast to Baba's Dhamma until the very end. Avatar, Avatar Baba, Baba Ki Jay. 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 Jay Baba. <laughs> Baba.